Thank you for tuning in to the Just Believe podcast. I'm your host, HP Mac. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. This podcast is raw, authentic, and unscripted. With that being said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe podcast. Today, I'm honored and blessed to have this lovely young lady on. Um, yeah, I, I saw her do a live, and I don't know, I just felt like, it's like, oh, she spoke my language, like the realness. Okay, that's what I like, you know, being from the Bronx, uh, you know, that that tough ruggedness that I love it. Um, and but not only that, but like the importance of mental health is I take it serious. This is this is the thing that like, I wake up. If you want to talk about mental health, let's go. And I was honored to get her on. Mr. Kirby, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me and really excited to be able to share with, you know, your listeners. So thank you for asking. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, You know, mental health, especially in the Black community, is something that's like not talked about. Um, So for me, uh, being an advocate and now turning into like a mental health coach, I always look up to people like you, you know, it's like, I want people to understand, you know, a therapist is not a bad word. You know, going to therapy is not a, a bad thing. It's actually a healthy thing. It's showing the the growth in the person being mature enough to say, hey, I got some things to unpack, man. I, let me unpack this. And so what you're doing is is awesome. You know, I'm excited. Um, so actually just tell the people about yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Kirby Rogers. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. I live in Houston. I am original, originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, have not lived there since 2011, um, so it's been a while. I went to school in North Carolina at St. Augustine's College, then now it's university, um, and then North Carolina A&T for grad school, um, okay. and yeah, so I went to undergrad for initially, um, I wanted to be a doctor, you know, so I went for pre-medical studies, and then I minored in sociology. I fell in love with sociology, just a study of human behavior and ended up changing that to my major. And I knew that I wanted to go to grad school, um, but I just didn't know what. So I applied to a variety of grad schools, all in the realm of like sociology, psychology, mental health, like just that, that spectrum. And I found that this was really where I was supposed to be. So here I am and I, I have my own private practice, resiliency counseling services. Um, and I can share that information later, how to reach me and contact me and things like that. But I work for a school district right now in Houston as the mental health person for the whole district. So I provide nice. resources, referrals, support, crisis response for an entire school district here in Houston. Nice. Nice. Look at you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. So um, did you just, did you know, like, hey, this is the room that I always wanted to be in? Or it was just something that you just stumbled upon like during school? No, I stumbled upon mental health, like like seriously stumbled into it. Um, you know, as when you're growing up, you're like, oh, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. You know, you say all of these things that you want to be. But um, I don't know. I think really the 
I guess how naturally the study of human behavior came to me in school. I was just like, what else can I do with this? Like, you know, like that's really what yeah. it was like, what else can I do with this? Cause I didn't really know that I could be a therapist or I could do that. Like I had no idea. They, they don't explain but, that to you. Yeah. No, they don't. When you like, think of doctor, like, you think of like, like you what know, can ER? I do with yeah, a degree yeah, in yeah. sociology? Like, what can I do with that? I have no idea. You know? So I started taking like some aptitude tests and things like that, just to see where, you know, where even my strengths and weaknesses were. And everything pointed out to being like, like guidance counseling, therapy, mental health, like substance use, like it, it all pointed to that. And so I was like, huh, I could be a teacher. I could be a therapist. I could, huh. And so I just kind of went from there and really allowed myself to just use some of my previous experiences and those um, experiences of others to kind of just shape me to be the therapist and I am today. And I think this was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Oh, that's exactly wonderful. what. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I remember growing up, um, you know, my goal, I wanted to be a doctor, right? Um, like I was so into like, I'm going to age myself into like the Dookie Housers, the ERs. Like I was like super nerd about it. And um, unfortunately, like um, I experienced a death, right? And um, when I experienced that death, I was just like, oh man, like I can't tell a family like I tried my hardest, it, you know, like I tried my hardest, but I couldn't do it. Like, you know, I, and so I was just like, all right, well, I'm not going to do that. And I just lost like interest in being a doctor. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just started playing basketball and realizing like, like you, like the behaviors, right? Like, you know, especially when you're a kid, you're always playing with constantly like different types of kids. And I'm like, man, why does, why does such and such act like that? Right? Like what is going on? And realize like now that I'm older, you realize, oh, okay. They have something going on in their house but they don't know how to express their self, right? Like now, like even like me being a man, a, a, a young man, um, some of my guy friends, when they're going through something, right? Like, you know, when they're going through a breakup with a girl or something going on with them and their girlfriend, they start acting out. And I was like, hey, dude, what is going on? You know, and they're like, oh, no, no, nothing, man. You know, and I'm like, dude, it's fine. It's not like I'm going to record us having a conversation. Like, just talk about it and then, once they start releasing, hey, man, you know, me and my girl was just arguing about this and that. And it's like, dude, it's perfectly fine to talk about your feelings. No, I don't want to seem like I'm weak. I don't want to seem like a weak. And it's like, dude, we have to break that stigma of guys can be vulnerable. You're you're human. It's a human thing. It's not a it's not a it's not a weakness, man. But no, I love it. I love it. Um with the mental health, like how how do you like, how do you evaluate, like, okay, let me work with this person? Because I know, like, it's not always going to be a perfect fit. You know, like, some oh, people yeah. might be, because you know, I tell people there's a language barrier, right? Like, there's yeah, a language absolutely. barrier. There's a language barrier. So how do you, like, uh, maybe I can refer you to another one? Or you do you know, like, off the jump, like, this is not going to work? Um. Well, I think that that's a really good question. Um. I think that... Something that I do is I try to fill people out for what their experience is and not necessarily looking for a mental health diagnosis, because I think that that's sometimes um, where that barrier to communication can come up, because not everybody that goes to therapy has a diagnosis of yeah. some sort of disorder. Like, that's the thing. So um, I think one thing that I try to do is figure out what's really going on with the person at the core, right? Not... Um, oh, I'm stressed out about work or, oh, I, you know, I just had a breakup, but I mean like really the deepest parts of someone, those, that's where I'm doing my assessment. Um, and so 
once I'm able to explore what the deepest part of someone is, that's when I'm able to say, you know what, I think that this person may need something else, or I think that I'm a, I'm a perfect fit. I have not, I'll be honest, in my experience, I have not had to refer too many people out. Um, and I think that's just because I've really governed myself on being educated in a variety of topics, a variety of experiences, cultures, backgrounds, sexual orientations, all of that, um, so that I can help people. Um, and so but if I do recognize that there's not a fit, my goal is to make sure that they get what they need and refer them out so that they can get the support. Because, again, I want to end the stigma for mental health for everyone, not just people that look like me. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that's where my passion is, because I feel like within black and brown communities, there's just way too much um, unhealthy <laughs> rules about oh, yeah. what it means oh, to yeah. seek therapy. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. No, you, no, you nailed it. I remember. Um, so, like, when I was acting out, quote unquote, um, like one of my friends is like, oh man, hey, why don't you go to church, right? Like you go to church, pray all your demons away. And I'm like, I, you know, at this point, like I'm not, I just, I just, I'm trying to figure it out. Like I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I go to the church and like getting that treatment was something different, right? Because like, like I'm, I'm not like the biggest religious guy, but I'm like, okay, cool. Like I get it. But then like my buddy's like, hey, like, is it working? Like, you know, you've been going for like two, three months. And I'm just like, nah, dude, like this is more than just praying demons away, man. And and I remember talking to him. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about trying to see if I can save up some money to go to therapy. And he's like, dude, we're guys. We don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, all right. And he's older than me. So I was like, all right, all right I, I guess we don't, you know being a young man without any guidance is like, okay, well, he has more experience in life. Let me, let me listen to him. But now realizing like, okay, you can go to church and pray it out, but there's still some, some issues as people that we have. It's not just a praying a demon, like unpack those, those traumas that you have and really have that breakthrough that you're looking for. Absolutely. I definitely think that there's, um, um, if you remember from even the live that, that I did, um, we talked about the the rules that are within certain communities that we live by. And these rules aren't written on a wall or anything, but they're kind of the unspoken rules that we follow. And, and one of them is, unfortunately, especially within Black communities, is, you know, praying about it will always fix it. And, and I do believe that we have to have something greater than ourselves to connect to, of course. Yes. And we also need to do something that's a little bit more rational and, and logical at times and get the support. Because if you are someone that believes in God or things like that, like you believe that God put people on this earth for a reason. For a reason. So if, Thank so you. But so he put therapists on our for reasons, psychiatrists and mental health hospitals and all those things um, for reasons. So you got to utilize them. So, we, you know, we definitely cannot pray away depression. We definitely can't pray away, you know, schizophrenia. You can't pray away. Oh, like you can't. Yeah. You can't do it. You really just can't do it. And so, um, you know, I definitely believe that we have to break down those rules, even like what happens in this house stays in this house. Yeah. We have got yeah. to get rid of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Have got to. I've worked that's, with that's way one of the too biggest many. Ones, yeah. Yeah. I've worked with way too many individuals of sexual assault to 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 have them work <laughs> that rule into their life. What happens in this house stays in this house. Like, it's just not it's not something that's that's helpful. It's actually a really maladaptive rule that we have yeah. got to get rid of. They're traumatizing that person. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Being a child, you're teaching another child to pass on that generational curse, as I call it. You know, mm-hmm. that is a generational curse because if this stays in this house and say someone is beating up on a, their kid in a way where their kid is like physically like hurting, what do you think going to happen when that kid get older and they turn into an adult? They're just going to keep passing that on. No, yeah. that's that's 
perfect that I saying that because I always tell people you you have to know who to talk to because obviously you can't just talk to anybody because some people don't know how to handle those conversations, you know, but realizing like, okay, I can have a conversation with my homeboy who's going to be responsible enough to understand. And he might guide me in a way where I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you have to have safe people um, and building that core of friends. Um, with my story, I, I had to, my first breakthrough, I had to eliminate a lot of people in my life, right? Not because they was bad for me, but I know they was triggers for me and realizing, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm hanging out with my boy, you know, Jamal or whatever, he gonna want to go to the strip club and drink, right? I, I can't drink. Like if I go drink, yeah, I'm having a good time at the strip club. But when I'm home at the, at the house, all that, those demons that's talking to me come out, all the insecurities yeah. come out, you know? Yeah. And and then not only just the physical friends, but the social media friends, right? Absolutely. Looking at my list and I'm like, oh, dude, you're still posting the same stuff from like high school? Like, come on, man. I'm trying to uplift one another, not make fun of each other. Delete, delete, delete. Oh, you're still yeah. twerking? Okay. All right, dude, like... Bro, you got like four kids now. Like, come on now. It's not cool to see a little baby twerking anymore. Like, you know, like uplift us in a way where it's like, we're not N words, we're not B words, but we're kings and we're queens. So that's the type of stuff that I needed to see the inspiration because I was in a dark place. That's the type of thing that I needed to be around because I needed that positivity, right? And and realizing that, and it helped out a lot because once I started doing that and I realized the demons in me, that voice that was raising it is now sounding like Daffy Duck because I gave it that Daffy Duck effect and realizing like insecurities, this is your name, Daffy. So when he talks, I laugh like, all right, come on, man. Nobody takes Daffy serious, you know, and realizing that, okay, I do have the power. It's in my mind. I do have the power to be that person that I want to be. Now I am walking in my purpose a year later through the world, but not really being comfortable with my skin, you know, It, it, it takes time, but I think it's important to realize like, yes, you need the right people to guide you. And if you can't find them, go look for them, you know? Yeah, I think that that's kind of the way that I do therapy um, with with my clients is really just trying to help them find their purpose and walk it and also just change the narrative that has, you know, dictated the way that they navigate the world. You know, a lot of times we are, um, you know, we have this belief about ourselves, others and the world. And so we believe that is like the holy grail. And that's cool. But what happens is when we have this negative perspective of ourselves, others in the world, we're navigating the world like that. It's truth. And it's not. It's usually based out of trauma. It's usually based off of experiences, things like that. So if we can shift the perspective of how we see ourselves, others in the world, then we can we can live a life that's healthy. We can live a life that's fruitful. Um, we can, you know, kind of walk into our purpose and really take our power back instead of living in this powerless state. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm working on with my clients on all the time let's let's change the narrative yes oh actually i wanted to go back um because just in case somebody's listening or watching um with the the unwritten rules would you like the unspoken rules yeah the unspoken rules would you like to break them down for just oh yeah i mean they definitely oh wow i didn't realize that is an unspoken yeah there's definitely um a variety of unspoken rules because it's all going to depend on you know what culture you come from religious background what your family circumstances may have been um so it's going to vary but some that i hear a lot i'll share some of those one for sure is what happens in this house stays in this house Another one is that showing emotions makes you weak. 
Um, another one that I hear is that um, being being a woman and being emotional makes me, um, people will say that it makes them a target or it makes them be viewed as crazy, right? Um, another one is that if you're Black and you're a woman and you're assertive, then you are the angry Black woman. The angry Black woman, yep. <laughs> yeah. That's another unspoken yeah. rule. Um, another one is for some of my more religious clients that specifically like some of my Orthodox Jewish clients. Um, they kind of come from a place where, you know, if you don't follow these rules, then you're you're bad. Yeah. Like, right? And so... Um, you know, the rule that they follow is that if I'm not following the doctrine, then I'm going, I'm going to hell. I won't prosper. Yeah. Right. So those are just some of the, some of the unspoken rules that, that people are having. Um, and I think that if we even break it down from, you know, different sects of like the LGBTQ community, there's unspoken rules there too. Like, you know, oh, if, yeah. you're bi- if you're bisexual, you're confused. If yeah. you're, you know, the, if the you're, stereotypes of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All those are rules. Right. Like, oh, there's I mean, lesbian women that don't want to date bisexual women because, oh, they're confused. They don't really want this. They don't. You know, just so there's like even in those different sectors, there's all these unspoken rules that people are living from that just are really maladaptive. Yeah. You know, I I wish I understood where they came from, you know. Like, yeah, it's just it, it, gen- I mean, just generational rules, you yeah. know, and just they come from even if you look back in like history, that's where those come from, you know, like even even like a societal rule would be that like black individuals or minority individuals are less than, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's a, that's although it's not written, well, it was at one point actually yeah, yeah, written, it was. <laughs> not, at one point, but it's not written, it's not written technically now, it's not written, yeah. but based off of all the experiences and based off of all this, the system of it, you see that it's a rule, yeah, 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 yeah of course, it, of it's course. just obvious. Un- unfortunately, know? I hope, um. You know, at some point in my lifetime to see the system get redesigned. You know, if once if if it gets redesigned, where in a way where it's like, oh, okay, okay, we actually got a shot, we're equal. I think some yeah. of those rules would just go away. That's <laughs> you know? a podcast for another. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, you know, it definitely is. But I just hope. Um, you know, I just hope. Like in my lifetime, I'm able to see that. But um, even with the um even with you being like into this mental health field, was there a moment where you yourself like doubted yourself as far as, I don't don't know if I'm doing this right. No. I love (laughs) Um, it. (laughs) So so I I don't mean to come off overly confident. I just mean to come off as like, I feel like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I always have. Um, And I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to to help other people necessarily. I just think that as long as you have a philosophy where you're not trying to do harm and you're always coming with the best intentions and there's no bias, you can't help but be impactful in a positive way to other people. I think that what happens when, you know, I have in fact met some therapists where I would be like, I wouldn't send anybody to them. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's usually because they're not allowing people to just be who they are. They're molding people to who they think that people they, should, they be. should be. And yeah, I think yeah, that's it's a totally problem. different thing. You have to, you have to be able to have no bias. You have to be able to have empathy and validation. And validation is not agreeing with people, but but, but your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand why that's their circumstance or why that's their perspective. And so I feel like I'm really, really, really good at being able to put myself in someone else's shoes and understand why that's their experience, whether I agree with them or not. Yeah. 
And so I think that that's what makes me such a good therapist and, and makes um, it easy to connect with my clients. Like, I feel like my clients and I have a really good relationship, like just where they can come on and talk about something that they might not ever say to anybody else out loud, but they just know they're like, oh yeah, no, we can talk about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like we need to release this anyway. Yeah. yeah let's talk about it. Like, you yeah. know, no, I love it. I love it. I think um, with that it's, it's hard to find a good therapist now. Um, that like the reviews of like you know looking on Google and stuff like that. Yeah. Not, not even that, but you can do your research and you can't find a good one. You just keep on going. The one that that yeah. you feel like that you could connect with. Um, it was something that happened in the pandemic that like made me want to like cry. So once the lockdown happened, right? Um, you know I'm I'm connecting with you know the the pros of mental health and started I started seeing a lot of them probably 95% of them offered free service for like an entire month right and I was mm-hmm. like wow like a minimum it was like a minimum of a month uh one one you know like one time like whoever comes first first come first serve yeah. type of thing and I was like wow I thought I would never see that right because they realize some people their coping methods was running to the liquor store, doing that or doing that. So it gave them a chance to, hey, let me get uncomfortable and go see a therapist. And seeing so many therapists and counselors and psychiatrists like open up, like, yeah, just just schedule it, come to the website and, you know, you get an hour session of me. You can, we can work together. Like if you book them enough in a time for that span, you can work with it. And I thought that was beautiful. I was like, unfortunately, it sucked the fact that it's a COVID for this to happen, it's a COVID for this to, for people to realize the power of mental health. You know, there's people out there that, yeah, they can't leave, the, they could leave the house, but they they can't leave their, their mental, you know? It's like, yeah. this is how someone feels when they battle their depression. COVID so, so, allow people to slow down and, yeah. and just kind of sit with things. Cause I think it's really easy to live in a world of distractions when we have to go to work, we have to go to school, we have to take care of the kids, we have to, play, you know, do all of these things. It's hard to focus on your mental health sometimes because you're always busy, which is really just a distraction tactic. Mm-hmm. But when you put being in the house, for 24 hours a day, for several months, not being able to do anything, like people start to realize like, oh man, there's things there yeah. when I'm not busy. Yeah, you know? yes, so yes. Like I can sucks. only watch Netflix so many times, yes. yes. Yeah, I it can, sucks yeah. that it took the pandemic to slow people down. And I just, I believe sometimes that um, crisis breeds change. Yeah. And yeah. I think we can all say that the pandemic has has breathed a yes. lot of change. Yeah, no, yes, I've seen, um, unfortunately, like in New York, now they're, they're, they just passed a law where they're going to send out some like mental health experts for certain calls. Mm-hmm. Talk about grown man wanting to cry. I'm like about time, you know, like what, what happens when there's a five to five foot two woman dealing with a man who's six, four, he has a mental health issue and she calls the cops. And unfortunately you have a situation yeah. like what happened in Rochester. And it's yeah. like about time we actually get the pros up on there with the police to help them. Like, Hey, don't hurt them. Just, you know, we're going to go get him the right help. I thought it was beautiful. I, um, you know, I've had some experiences where I've read some articles from, you know, all over the states where cops have responded to mental health challenges and totally not handled them in a way that was appropriate, because I definitely think that there needs to be more training and more yeah. awareness. And also, I believe in having like a mental health like crisis response team, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like within our police de- departments. Like yeah. I really believe in that. Should like another apartment, another department. Uh, where yeah, if, absolutely. If somebody that, mentioned the word mental health issue, 
okay, cool. We're going to yeah. send the cops, but first we're going to send them and then they can, if they need backup, they can call. You. Absolutely. So, yeah, like, I, I think I, there just I needs hope. to be something different that's done um, in those responses. Cause I hate when I hear the story of like people calling the police because their loved one is, you know, off their meds and off their rocker. And then that loved one ends up shot, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's sad. Cause, cause it's, unfor- it's over their head. Yeah. It's over their head. And, you know, and unfortunately, yeah, no, no. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, yeah. Content. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, we got to go. Um, let people know where to find you at. Oh, yes, find me. Um, so, <laughs> um, again, my name is Kirby Rogers. It's C-U-R-B-Y-R-O-G-E-R-S. And I can be reached by email at services at gmail.com. So that's usually the best way to reach me. Um, I also have a Instagram page for my business where I try to post, you know, videos and, you know, affirmations and just try to get the education out there. Um, and that is at um, Resiliency Counseling Services on Instagram. So yes. please, please reach out to me, follow me. And just if you need anything, you can send me an instant message or email me. Yes, yes. Oh, wait, you know what? Before we even wrapped up, there was something that went to, to, to um, because you said you covered the school districts, right? Yes, in, in Houston. I work for Galena Park School District. So is that like high school, middle school? It's all. We have um, daycares within the district, elementary, high school, middle, intermediate, like all of it. It's all of it. Thank and you. I, I, Thank you for your so, services. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and employees. Okay, so are you just like um, breaking down mental health? Yeah. So if, um, you know, with, I don't want to say just with the way the world is, but I will say that lately things have been very, very intense. Um, and so my job really is to, to kind of anticipate the needs of the district by providing mental health training, support, referrals, um, working with, you know, students that maybe are struggling with actual mental health diagnoses or things like that, or have had traumatic experiences, making sure that they get the support that they need in school as well as outside of school to help them be as successful as possible. Because if, if you know that a student is struggling with like, let's just say major depression, for example, you can't expect the same things out of them as a student that's, that's coping. Like yeah. you, you just can't. Yeah, and so different. making sure that they have the same the support in school as well as outside of school in order to be successful. Thank you for that. I don't know if anyone ever told you, but you are a real superhero. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> yes, you. I yes. I, I appreciate this. Uh, thank you once again for doing this. This was phenomenal. Thank you for having um, me. I appreciate it. This was awesome. So thank yeah, you so much yeah, for just, having I told you, just sitting back, just having fun and educating people in the best way possible. All right. Until then, guys, I'll see you next time. Peace.